Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, joined now by Jeff Lloyd, host of the Locked On Browns podcast. Buddy of mine, Jeff, welcome. Good to be doing this with you, man. Uh, absolutely. And for you, Joe, you know, I want to congratulate you on everything. Uh, you know, obviously a marriage, uh, a, a daughter on the way. Um, you need any tips, you know where to go to. Um, <laughs> it's going to be funny. You're the one now. Well, I got to do it around this because and if anybody doesn't know, Joe and I years ago used to do shows together. And it was always me. It was like, all right, well, let me see if my wife's working and you know, if the kids are going to be in bed and all of this type of stuff. And Joe's going to embark on this path. And I'm going to tell you, Joe, it's the greatest path you're ever about to go down. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, uh, you'll be on my list of advisors of people I can uh, <laughs> call and ask, Hey, what the heck do I do about this, man? Uh, so I'll, I'll appreciate your friendship through that. But um, we're here to, and thank you for what you just said there. I appreciate that, man. We've had a lot of fun through the years uh, doing, doing a lot of talking together. So we get to talk together here about the bills and the Browns and uh, man, what a year so far for Cleveland. Two and six, a very disappointing start to the season. A lot of high hopes, expectations for the Browns. Where do you point your fingers when you look at this two and six start? I'd say there's a couple, if not several, avenues to go to. Um, right now, I mean, you can't look at this coaching staff and not say, you know, it, you know, if you want to say it's fair to say they're in over their head, well, you know, appearance, you got to be honest about it. Um, if Freddie Kitchens... You know, and there's just simple things. It's, you know, like, you know, this play, oh, you can't overturn. You can't even try to review this play. It's This is blatantly obvious. Twice in the New England game. Again, once, again, Sunday in Denver. And if it's not things of that nature, it's, you know, arguing with a, with a side judge while Baker Mayfield and the offense is waiting for a play call to come in. So the coaching, yeah, it, it's been an issue to this point. Um, look, John Dorsey, y- y- you have to put some blame there. Um, you can't just throw a whole bunch of talent at a roster and expect the coach to make it work. Um, so, you know, his thinking was, and, you know, look, obviously we knew Freddie had no, you know, not much experience whatsoever. It was a nice run. I was all for it. I mean, you know, what they did in that second half, it seemed really weird at the time to basically disrupt the apple cart. But now you look at it and, hey, well, I brought in Odell. I got you Olivier Vernon and I signed Sheldon Richardson. If you're not cut out for it, maybe you're not cut out for it. Granted, he's got eight more games here to, you know, maybe right the ship or, or get more with it. But you know, that's some of the things you have to worry about. Baker Mayfield is not playing the way Baker Mayfield was playing over that last half last year. You, you know, I, I actually went back yesterday. I watched the Carolina game, the Atlanta game from 18, and he's just a different guy right now. Um, is it a possibility of you know inside his head? Sure. Some of it makes me wonder if there's some sort of injury or injuries. I'm not saying it's major. Look, everybody's dinged up. But the grip it, you know, see it, rip it, grip it, Baker Mayfield that we saw in 2018, we're not seeing now. You got to question when a quarterback doesn't challenge the deep level of any part of a defense with a ball. And I, I can't remember the last time Baker fired a ball that probably traveled 40 yards in the air. So there's a lot of questions, you know, around those things you know obviously Odell and he have not gelled which was supposed to be a key component of this offense I mean you talk about you bringing Odell Beckham Jr but your second year running back Nick Chubb is how this offense goes when you brought in Odell and you had Jarvis Landry you had other wide receiver pieces that you liked and you had a tight end piece that you liked but you running the ball is, is the best thing you can do right now it definitely raises some eyebrows there's a lot of questions right now and, of course, the fact that nobody can seem to get on the same page as far as wearing cleats or firing off tweets 
where you're threatening radio reporters. I mean, a lot of it's a mess right now and it's leadership conformity and everybody sticking to the task. You know, Jeff, when they made the decision to hire Freddie Kitchens, they were going through that coaching search. I talked to people about it and people were very surprised that Freddie Kitchens would get the job. I know everyone wanted that continuity because of how good that offense was late last season under his direction, but Freddie was always a wild card. And I don't think that was hard to identify. I mean, even people who don't know him can come to that conclusion pretty reasonably. And it was just, it's a, it's quite the deck of cards to be handed for a guy with minimal experience and kind of just with his temperament and demeanor. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I, I can't say that I'm surprised that this is what's happened, especially given so much on the table with the expectations for this team. Would it have been that big of a disruption to go out and get a more steady hand for this franchise? Or am I just taking the easy route out here with hindsight analysis? It's if you look at if you just look at it from the two and six and you look at it on its face, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to say that. Um, but and it's the craziest thing, and you sometimes you look at records. Go back to the Ram game. Now keep in mind they didn't have their entire secondary. They had first and goal at the five with an opportunity to tie the game late in the game. Yeah, normally most teams get that done. You go to the Seattle game, you know, there was a gaffe there right before halftime where he figured, let's try to score as quickly as possible. And then we're going to shut down Russell Wilson, the probably one of, you know, if not the best, one of the top, the top two or three best quarterbacks in the NFL. So his game plan there was we'll get the ball back to Russell Wilson, shut him down, and then we'll get to score again with about a minute to play. Um, if he had just slowed down and ran the ball, ran the clock, um, so that right there, those are a couple of things where you could have been four and four. Um, obviously there's a huge couple of gaffes Sunday in Denver. Um, you know, two and six could be five and three. It could be four and four. You know, it, it, it's just things he could have done better. And I don't know if it's a necessarily an inexperienced thing. I mean, Joe, we know plenty of people who would, you know, we know plenty of guys who work in football cover and football would say, no, you don't want to give the ball back to Russell Wilson under any circumstance whatsoever. So, I mean, it's some simple things that led to some really, really large things. And now here you are, you know, basically you have to wear the crown of the fact that you were two and six of a team that actually graced the NFL preview issue of Sports Illustrated. Well, I mean, the reason there was expectations on this team in the first place is because it is talented. I don't think anyone can debate that. What is your belief that, the Browns wake up and, and play to their capability this week against the Buffalo Bills. Has there been some signs that things are getting better? In drips, in drabs, you go to the Baltimore Raven week, which right now, I mean, looks like the greatest mirage going. Um, you go to the Patriot game. Um, you know, how many running backs get a ball kicked out of their arms by an all-pro guard that gets returned for a touchdown? Same running back then takes the ball 50 yards and then all of a sudden gets stripped out of nowhere. You know, but you got to remember these guys on defense, they're on scholarship too, so to speak. So great play from that end. Um, Bill Belichick calls the perfect call out of about 90 he could have made for, you know, some sort of jet sweep toss motion you were trying with Jarvis Landry. My thing there was why are you going Harlem Globetrotter type of stuff when you were in like almost a virtual monsoon in New England? But they played the Patriots extremely well. They played them really, really well. They played the Ravens really, really well. 
you know, other than that, you look at the jet win. That does nothing for you. Uh, I think you need to get to what is most important as far as the skill you have. You know, this, you know, Demetrius Harris and Ricky Seals Jones. It's no, I mean, you have Nick Chubb, you have Odell Beckham Jr., you have Jarvis Landry. There really shouldn't be plays called for anybody else, Joe. There shouldn't be, there shouldn't be looks to him. And some of it is Baker. Like he sees, you know, you know, a crowded stuff. And a lot of heat Eli Manning took was, oh, well, sometimes he throws too many up for Odell. Well, he's Odell. He, he'll make some of those plays. Whereas Baker's like, eh, it just looks like there's too much going on there. I'm not even going to bother. And then he he's so off it that Odell ends up getting open. But Baker's already gone on to option two, option three, option four. There's a lot of talent, but, you know, right now, and especially, and this is what I kind of like about this build team. And I was down at uh, my sister-in-law's for week two when they were, you know, putting a good effort up against the Giants. And I was like, wow, this is a, this is a team. The Bills are a really good team. And that's kind of what scares me because this is kind of what the buzz saw they walked into San Francisco is San Francisco's a complete team. I think Buffalo's pretty close to being a complete team, not a great, you know, not obviously with the talents of some other people, but they all play well together on offense and defense. And for right now, for a Browns franchise and team that is struggling, those are the teams that are going to give them fits. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think that from a talent level, the Browns are every bit as talented as the Bills. And so people have kind of talked to me about, well, what's some of the keys for the Bills this week? I think you have to let the Browns continue to beat themselves and and play fo- sound fundamental football on your behalf and you know make plays. You need to be aggressive and make plays, but uh, give you know let the, let the Browns uh, you know ruin it for themselves. Let's talk uh, specifically about Baker Mayfield. Obviously, was sensational as a rookie. Not not the same player this year. You've already kind of mentioned that. What are some of the biggest differences you're noticing year one to year two when it comes to Baker? I'm wondering if part of what is, you know, Baker's issues here in year two is what always drove him to get to this point, to be the number one overall draft pick, and then get through that rookie year was everybody doubted him, doubted the size, doubted Armstrong, whatever they did. But after his rookie year, everybody, it just like kind of stopped. It was like, all right, the kid can play. Um, so now he's gotten himself to the point where he's almost kind of looking for that drive and it's getting to the point, obviously where you're getting into stuff with a, you know, a beat reporter or, you know, and Baker does have a tendency to say too much because he speaks with, you know, heart and venom, as opposed to thinking of, you know, how a Tom Brady handles the situation. And look, there's a lot of differences between being 24 and 42, and it's understandable in that way. But because he's been, nobody really is, you know, putting him down anymore. They kind of respect it. So he's trying to find a way to, you know, keep lighting his fire, which has gotten him this far. And it, it's getting him into some difficult angles. Um, but I, I've talked about the gameplay of it. It's it's just not as crisp. Um, in the Baltimore game, that was the week where it was like, oh, wow, here's some of these, you know, Fun play calls, you know, obviously where there was one where it was a, you know, jet sweep to Jarvis with an option possibility to Odell. It's stuff that keeps players engaged. A lot of that, they just tried to go mano we mano. And look, you know, we the, the first half of the schedule for the Browns, we knew it was going to be difficult. Pete Smith, who does 99% of the shows with me, said, look, two and five is a real possibility with the schedule they're playing. The question was, is how you looked in those games. And a lot of games, they, they just 
They weren't prepared, and it comes from head coach, and it's always got to go on the quarterback. Um, you know, it's playing a guy like Antonio Callaway. Baker's favorite receiver since he's been in Cleveland has been Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins, you know, can't write a check to get a snap right now in a crucial situation. I think stuff like that hurts Baker. And, yeah, it's weird to say, oh, well, he's got Odell, he's got Jarvis Landry. But, you know, there's guys who are role players in this league for a long time for a reason, and that's what Higgins was for him. They've kind of taken him away. The injury to Njoku, it's just whether he's dinged up, whether he's, you know, mentally a little broke down right now, he's just – he's struggling significantly here in year two. There's no way to deny it. And I don't know exactly what the right answer is, the right recipe is. For me, I keep preaching up-tempo, up-tempo, get him back to what the college style was. It doesn't seem something they want to approach. I mean, I would send him out there and say, here, here's five plays. I'll call you if we get to play six. Get him – I mean, but get him (laughs) back to what he's comfortable with. Um, They're just playing too slow a brand of football, which in turn, what does it do? It makes a guy who maybe has issues, you know, right now with the way he is and his confidence-wise, thinking too much. And, you know, at 24 years old, maybe that's not the best thing. Well, it's interesting because you, you talked about how he's always been extremely motivated. You'd think a two and six football team where he's he's facing some criticism right now. Everyone's back to questioning him that somewhere Baker can draw inspiration from that and maybe turn around his season. Uh, I don't think he's just going to roll over. That's not no, the Baker Mayfield not. I know. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, talk specifically defense now for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, what does this unit look like to you? Where are they sound and where will the Bills have some chances to attack this this Cleveland Browns defense? Uh, the defense for me, I, I've been okay with it. And a lot of people have kind of been down on it. And, you know, oh, well, you know, they lost that. I mean, look, good defenses can still give up 20 points. And especially with this offense, they were labeled as a team that should be scoring 24, 28, 30 points a week. Um, look, when you lose your two cornerbacks for four weeks, You go into a game against the Los Angeles Rams where you have zero starting in your secondary. Yeah, you've got some issues. Um, What's been good? Miles Garrett has been fantastic. Olivier Vernon has kind of been like the perfect complement because with Olivier, the one thing is sometimes the stats and the production is always there, but the grading is. He grades out very well. He does his assignment. You know, when the opportunities are there, he gets his stats. Whether or not we get to see Olivier Vernon this week, I'm not sure, and that could be a big problem because now you're talking Chad Thomas. Um, Jannard Avery is had a nice debut Sunday in Philly, but apparently he's not tall enough, long enough, or way enough, but we'll keep Chad Thomas out there who had a PFF grade of 32 this previous Sunday. So by all means, we're a sniff away from Chad Thomas being a starter for the Cleveland Browns. The linebackers, look, Christian Kirksey, you know, he's beloved in Cleveland, fantastic guy. Christian Kirksey... His best football, I've been covering the Browns for two years. His best football was before I took over this gig. Um, great guy, great story, but wasn't a great linebacker anymore. Joe Schobert had been up until this year, had some struggles this year, Joe. There's no denying it. Joe's one of my favorite guys. He's been on the show. Love the player, but he, he's had some struggles this year. I don't think this 4-2-5 is the best fit in the world that they've been running for your middle linebacker who maybe weighs a little less than 235. Mac Wilson has had bits and pieces, but he's a 21-year-old linebacker, uh, you know, who, you know, had ups and downs where, you know, basically Nick Saban and the staff at Alabama told him, maybe stick around for another year. But here he is, um, you know, made some nice plays Sunday against Denver. And look, I guess at two and six, maybe you're just saying, hey, 
get this out of the way, get him every rep as possible. We'll see where we're at in year two. The linebackers have been a little bit of a disappointment. You know, Joe was a lot better in Denver in the weeks past. Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, first couple of weeks, you know, you had him for the first two games. Denzel Ward wasn't playing very well. Greedy Williams was. Um, you finally get them back for the New England game. Uh, and guess what? Steve Wilkes says, hey, maybe we're going to try playing these kids in a little man, which is a really good idea. That's what they were good at. Uh, Denzel Ward looked good versus New England. Um, obviously, him versus Cortland Sutton was a matchup I didn't want to see, but somehow they went with it. So Cortland Sutton had his way with him a little bit. Uh, Greedy Williams, a little bit flatter in his New England and Denver game, but it's tough. You know, you have two good weeks as a rookie, then you miss a month, then you come back and it's New England. Um, there's really no excuse for the Denver game, but, you know, rookies are going to rookie. That's what happens there. What concerns me is a guy like John Brown, where now the Browns, Demarius Randall, I'm not sure if he's going to play this week. He's been hurt almost essentially the entire season. Eric Murray had a knee surgery a week ago. You just had to release Jermaine Whitehead. John Brown is one of the good, really good, sneaky, deep ball guys in the NFL. And I'm not sure how they're going to handle a guy like him, which I think was a great pickup in John Brown. Uh, I do worry about that. Um, they do get lapses within the run game at times. There's times there's really good. There's times when there's really off. Um, they've had issues with quarterbacks who are mobile, Russell Wilson being an example. So it, it, this game does scare me because Buffalo knows who they are and they stick to the script pretty well within that facet. And the other thing is if you're going to play a team like Buffalo who can do these types of things and the quarterback is mobile, what does it require? Great discipline. And that is one of the biggest issues within that enti this entire Browns organization right now. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting kind of the, the discussion both offensively and defensively with this team feels like it's a, it's a lack of discipline in a lot of ways. Uh, lastly, here, as we kind of close up the, the Browns perspective on things here, just talking about the matchup overall, how do you feel the bills and Browns match up? And what are some of the things maybe you're most concerned with, or think the Browns have a big oppor opportunity to exploit on Sunday? For me, I think they're, you know, and if this is what the toughest part is, is I am so capable of knowing what this team can do. There's also the other thing, uh, there's the thinking of, I've seen what this team has done to this point. So, you know, I do believe that there's, you know, a couple of teams that are just going to get absolutely dunked on here over the second half, but it's literally like rolling the dice. You don't know when it's going to come up seven. You don't know what's going to come up 11. You don't know what's going to come up three. So that's what you worry about. And, you know, Buffalo now, who is, you know, good up front, uh, obviously Edmonds is really, really coming on as a second year linebacker. You got two really good safeties. You got some good corner play. It, it, the recipe isn't here for me that I think it's going to happen this week. But in the same respect, does it get to the point where all this talent is so aggravated, agitated, and pissed off that the, the Bills could be the one to pay, just like the Ravens were? <laughs> but it, it's hard to gamble on that. I, I, I certainly wouldn't drop any shekels on it. That's for darn sure. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. This is Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns. Obviously, Joe Marino from Locked On Bills as we're rolling through your crossover Wednesday. Uh, you know, we got to the Browns perspective. I'm obviously going to grill Joe a little bit here now on the Bills perspective. 
And Joe, first and foremost, you got to start here. And I will go to this. You know, I, I had mentioned earlier that, you know, early in the year, I mean, I thought the Bills looked really good. And I still think if Josh Allen didn't go out of that Patriot game, I think the Bills were walking out that day with a victory. But Josh Allen, year two, with completion percentage up. It's about 60%, you know, and it just seems to be rising at that point. Touchdown over interception ratio is higher. Talk about the maturation of Josh Allen here in year two. Because God knows, and look, I was part of it, and I backed down of it. This kid took a hammering through the draft cycle, but to this point, <laughs> but to this point, Josh Allen's, you know, he's not that guy. You almost wish he would be Baker Mayfield for like a week, and have somebody dig up some old tweets for him or some old scouting reports. But you know, hey, if there's anything you like, it, it, you like to see a kid who's just going to say, "You want to know what? I don't care what anybody said about me. I'll let it my play speak for myself." And I believe that's where Josh Allen is now. You know, Josh Allen doesn't suck as bad as a lot of people thought he would. I think I think that's kind of the buzzword. Yeah, you know, me too, brother. Um, listen, Josh Allen's really evolved. I think if you if you look at his career to this point, and you think about you know his first handful of starts before he got injured last year, and then the player he was when he came back from that injury towards the end of the season, and the player he was to start this year in the first four games, and the player we've seen over the last four games, you see noticeable differences in what he's doing well, how he's growing, issues that are going away, new issues that are coming up. But the reality is a ton of growth, Jeff. Uh, and he's not where he needs to be. He's not the sole reason the Bills are 6-2. and two, But he's really embraced a big leadership component for this football team. He's the face of the team. He's the absolute leader. And for a Sean McDermott-led football team that is focused on process and culture and chemistry – and loving each other as as teammates, he's exactly the type of quarterback that works well for that. Uh, he's becoming a more efficient quarterback, somebody that challenges the short to intermediate areas of the field very well. Uh, his deep ball has been something that has declined considerably uh, you know, throughout the course of his career so far, which is really interesting. He just can't get on the same page with, uh, with some of the guys that get deep and John Brown and Robert Foster. Uh, but what you have seen is a more complete player, one that uh, recently has done very well to take care of the football and not throw interceptions. Now, that maybe has come at the expense of, of taking some chances, um, but the reality is the remainder of team for the Bills, especially the defense, and, and how good they can be running the football, Josh Allen kind of needed to take his medicine and realize that he didn't need to make those chances. I think the, the Patriots game is a prime example. He did not need to take four yep. chances and put the ball in harm's way. And honestly, if if you take away half of those, if Josh Allen finishes the game, you got a chance of beating New England. So I think there's been some hard coaching that's happened here, and um, you're seeing another layer to the evolution to Josh Allen. What I'm looking for next is Josh Allen, the efficient quarterback, the one that makes good decisions, but also kind of can find that find that balance between being aggressive and making plays and then just not making stupid decisions, putting the ball in harm's way. I think that's kind of what he's got to find next. But, you know, I, I think just you mentioned the, the the scouting process and you know he was a mess coming out of Wyoming, had a lot of room where he needed to grow and improve. Well, I think we've seen him do that in, in, in over the course of a year and a half now. There's been notable progress in a lot of very significant areas. Uh, I think personally, one of the best things for Josh Allen is he went to a place like Buffalo, you know, similar to a Green Bay, you know, not a Jets or Giants situation or not to a major city where, you know, the competition isn't much as far as, you know, you know, you have four, pro, you know, four pro franchises, 
Buffalo, they, the, the fandom there is we love you because you're now one of us. If it doesn't work out, yeah, then we'll change our mind. So I think that worked out well for him. And you know, they're pretty much the main show in town. And they embraced him. And he was able to play knowing that he had a fan base behind him just because you wear our colors. You're one of us. If it changes, it changes. And I think that's really worked out well. And, you know, I, I don't know if he's ever going to be the super efficient passer. And that's okay. Uh, you know, he has the legs. They've decided, you know, they've planned a scheme where we're okay running the ball. We have faith in our defense. Um, when we need to throw, we'll throw. And I think it's just really worked out well for him. And they just had the right system. They had the right idea what they were going to do with a guy like him. And it's to this point, it's gone on really, really well. Yeah, nothing to be disappointed about. I mean, th- Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, he's got his critics like every offensive coordinator in football, but he's done such a good job in a lot of ways of uh, uh, helping Josh Allen do things that play to his strengths and uh, helping to develop him into a player that's more complete in terms of the areas of the field he uh, challenges and different things that he does pre-snap to create uh, favorable reads for Josh Allen to get an idea of where some leverage and spacing will be. So um, th- does everybody love every play call that he has or every style of drive that he has? No, but what he's been able to manufacture from a, a, a horrible, horrible unit last year and, and, a, and a brand new unit this year. I mean, outside of Deion Dawkins and Josh Allen, everything's new on this Bills offense this year. Literally everything. There might be maybe a couple backup receivers and a couple of backup offensive linemen, but the meaningful pieces of the offense are all new players. They've been together for eight games. They missed a ton of time over the summer because different guys were injured, and the install period was really lost for a lot of those guys that I, I think you, you sh- there's a lot to be impressed with here with the Bills offense. I know it's not scoring consistently like everyone wants to, but they're moving the ball very well. I think in yardage, they're doing fine. In, in red zone touchdown percentage, they're doing really well. It's It's just – it's making sure that drives don't stall out and they don't take a nap. There's been a point in time every game, it seems like, usually the third quarter, where the Bills offense just goes to sleep. And 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 I think that's what everyone's waiting for, for that to, to, to go away and for the Bills to play a complete football game. Well, the good news is they haven't played a complete football game yet, and they're 6-2. and two. <laughs> If they can kind of start clicking and firing all cylinders, you get really excited about what this team could accomplish. Uh, it's funny you put that because we still have some here, Browns-wise, that are trying to say, oh, well, o- Odell doesn't o- do OTAs. They didn't play preseason. Uh, guys, it's November. I mean, the Halloween decorations are down. The Thanksgiving decorations are up. There's no excuses anymore. You're either getting it done or you're not. I mean, there's just no beating around the bush on this anymore. Um I, this is one I, I actually I, I came from what I got to see at, you know obviously at the post game you know where obviously everybody you know, players meet handshakes you've got the ultimate relationship there at the running back position Frank Gore goes over you know gives the respect to Adrian Peterson says hey and look you know ain't no running back 21 22 years old who doesn't want to be able to chat a little bit with Adrian Peterson but you've got the ultimate yin and the yang at the running back position of a guy like Frank Gore. And it's literally just amazing what Frank's doing. And then Devin Devin Singletary, who's got that escapability. I mean, just, you know, he's like, like a gnat. I mean, he moves well. You blink for a second. He's gone. Talk about the relationship between these two backs and how it's worked out as far as the, uh, the Bills running game this year so far. 
I mean, what an opportunity for Devin Singletary, a young 22-year-old in his first year in the NFL, to have a guy like Frank Gore to be his, uh, you know, his, his the guy that grooms him. And you know, you could you could see this really forming really quick. I mean, Devin Singletary does everything Frank Gore does. He wears the same pregame <laughs> outfits, and he's with him every step of the way. And so it's been a great opportunity for. Uh, Devin Singletary to have that and and Devin Singletary has really embro- embraced uh, a growth mindset and he's the type of guy that uh, has been okay with kind of being worked in and obviously he had a big role in the game last week against uh, Washington but you know there's been some games this year where he wasn't a big part of what's going on uh, and he's you could tell he really buys into taking mental reps and learning and, and embracing Everything that Frank Gore can offer to him and, and uh, soaking it up like a sponge, you can really get that sense. There's been some things written about him uh, that that reveals that. And, and certainly when you listen to him talk and the way he answers questions, you can tell that there's a, a big part of, of his success and his acclimation so far has come because he's soaked in everything Frank Gore has to give him. And so I know people made some jokes when the Bills signed Frank Gore. Well, guess what, man? He's an effective player at this point in his career, and he's a very meaningful player in terms of acclimating uh, Devin Singletary to the mix, who figures to be a big part of the running back situation in Buffalo for a long time. Uh, and you look at it this way. It's like, well, OK, well, if the future Hall of Famer is having a turkey on wheat, yes, I will have the turkey on wheat as well. I mean, it goes that way. But um, it also goes a big way as far as, you know, maturation into the league, learning about the business. And, you know, Frank Gore is going to write his own ticket if he even chooses to do anything NFL wise afterwards. Um, or he just, you know, because I mean, we're to the point now where we're talking about Frank Gore's son. <laughs> being a, a heavily recruited high school yeah. football player. Just crazy. But God bless him, man. If you can still do it, the body's still a- able, which is amazing with Frank Gore and his health. That is the most amazing part about all this. And f- people who don't get it, my Lord, make sure you know a little bit more because it's truly remarkable that Frank Gore is even a guy who's even being considered to still play at his age after the injury history he's been through. Uh, Joe, the – they went out and bought some wide receivers in the offseason. They didn't spend crazy. They didn't go nuts. They spent wisely. Um, you know, The John Brown acquisition I like, but you said maybe it's not really working out so well as, as far as the deep game. Just bench some shots here and there. The Cole Beasley one, I'll admit, that was the one I didn't truly get because, you know, obviously, and both of these guys, smaller targets. But Cole is that, you know, Jack Rabbit over the middle, you know, outside type of guy, New England Patriots-ish for everybody who understands that one. And I wasn't sure how that was going to work, but maybe also it was a good signing because Josh Allen's got to understand that every wide receiver doesn't come in a shape and a size. And maybe one of the ways for a guy to work on improving their accuracy is when a six foot five guy has got to find a way to work with a five foot ten guy. And I think it's worked out well, and it's actually worked out a lot better than what I thought. And then you go back and look at what they actually spent on it, and it, I mean, boom, boom, both wins right now for this franchise as far as moves they made this offseason. Yeah, really, really been pleased with both of those guys. I mean, John Brown's been the Bills' number one wide receiver. He's on pace for an outstanding season. I think him and Michael Thomas are the only two receivers in the league this year with at least 50 yards receiving in every game. That says a lot about his consistency uh, so far in his first eight games as Buffalo Bill. Been a big reason why they've won some games so far this year. And 
Josh Allen and him have chemistry in the short and intermediate areas of the field. Uh, he's the kind of guy that John, uh, Josh Allen's comfortable throwing to a spot and trusting John to go get it. He's made some plays for Josh Allen, extending and uh, you know making catches outside of his frame for Josh Allen, and, and it's been really good to see that. His ability to separate has been very meaningful for Josh Allen as a passer. Same thing with Cole Beasley, who gives him that slot option, that guy that you can isolate him on pretty much anyone, and if you give him space, he's going to get open. And that's been very good for Josh Allen when he needs to find completions, just trusting that Cole Beasley's going to get open, he's going to catch a football. And so it's all been about spacing. You know, you, you look at uh, what he had last year to start his career. It was Andre Holmes and Kelvin Benjamin towering wide receivers that couldn't get open. Well, they've made a fundamental switch in the style of guy that they went out and got here and guys that they're, they're, they're nicknamed the Smurfs because they're smaller guys, but they can get open. And that's been very important for Josh Allen, who, um, you know, maybe isn't the most pinpoint of passers, but when you get a guy that doesn't always have guys draped around him and you're re- relying on pinpoint accuracy to put it in a spot where only your guy can get it because he's six, five with 35 inch arms. <clears throat> It creates a different dynamic when one that's more favorable for Josh Allen. It's been it's done wonders for the offensive spacing and for Josh Allen's consistency challenging the entire field. It's actually it's been fun to watch, and it, you know, it, in the beginning, it seemed like such you know, how's this all going to work out? And you know, you almost wonder how Josh Allen survived with a guy like Kelvin Benjamin, who you know, wherever the buffet is right now, Kelvin Benjamin, I'm sure, and I hope you're enjoying every second of it. Joe, the defensive side of the ball, um, look, you know, some youth, some veterans, a nice blend, and a fantastic cornerback one. Edmonds at middle linebacker, a really, really nice safety duo. Go through this defense just a little bit here for me. And, you know, and obviously, you know, for Pete Smith, we're going to need some Ed Oliver talk. <laughs> well, uh, you know, this this defense is really tough to score points on outside of the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they've really limited their opponents uh, scoring. They're very good shutting down the pass. There's been some chinks in the armor here over the last couple of weeks in terms of run defense. Uh, but they're, you know, they're scratching and crawling, trying to find solutions. They signed Corey Legit this uh, this week and they, uh, you know, they, they got better a lot in the second half against Washington. So run defense will be a big theme. But, yeah, the Bills have invested heavily on this defense, per, you know, whether it's draft capital or getting some, some meaningful free agents. But it all starts with the secondary. That's the strength of the entire football team. You mentioned a couple times the safety tandem. Uh, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, they are outstanding. A top two or three duo in the league. Uh, they have complementary skill sets. They can both uh, fill every role that you're looking for, and they do such a good job rotating and and making it difficult for for quarterbacks to know what coverage the Bills are in. They make great ro- late rotations and uh, don't give you anything pre-snap, and, and it puts a lot on that quarterback to think post-snap when once the ball's hiked. And uh, they tackle. They can play man coverage zone. They play the ball. They're physical. Everything. And so they're a big part of this deal here. And then, you know, you got Trey White as one of your corners who's just, you know, one of the better corners in the league. He's he's the type of guy that can make game-changing plays on the ball, uh, just a very meaningful player, a guy that will have a big task ahead of him this week with Odell Beckham. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he, he that's what you got Trey White for. It's why you invested a first-round pick in him. Uh, Levi Wallace is the other corner, and, and he's been a bit of a liability here lately. Guys are going after him because they don't want to go after Trey White. <laughs> Can't and Levi him. Wallace has had some struggle here over the last couple of weeks, and so we're looking for him to respond. You mentioned Edmonds, uh, 
a budding star at linebacker, 21 years old, just supremely physically gifted. He's getting the mental side down. He's making big plays. Matt Milano, a very sound linebacker next to him. And then, you know, this defensive line, um, it's okay. I think that it doesn't have a lot of star power to it or dynamic playmakers at this point, but they play a ton of different guys. Uh, you know, Jerry Hughes, the big name pass rusher, uh, Star Latule is a high priced run stuffer at Oliver, the first round pick, uh, from this year, number nine overall, he's, um, he's, he's made some explosive plays getting into the backfield. We're still waiting for him to become more of a consistent finisher, getting off contact and, and finishing at the quarterback or finishing at the running back in the backfield. Um, but he, he, you've seen those signs. He's not necessarily been a great finisher. Jordan Phillips has been the real star here. He's got six sacks. He's been he leads the NFL in sacks for a defensive tackle. He's the guy that's making the big splash plays up front, and he's in a contract year, and you know he's he's raking up the uh, splash plays looking for a big payday. And he's played really well. So um, it's uh, a lot of exciting pieces of this defense, and they can play really good complementary football at times. Uh, turnovers have been a little bit deficient here lately, so we're looking for that to, to maybe pop up this week against Cleveland. But uh, they make it real tough on you to pass the football. Just what – any Browns fan would like to hear right now where the passing game is struggling to the point that it is. Um, Trey, uh, Trey White, he may have been one of the greatest stay another year in college guys ever. Um, because mm-hmm. it, after his junior year and there were people, oh, you know, you can get maybe, you know, 25 to 40. He went that last year. It, it been fantastic pretty much from get-go. And obviously all the credit in the world to that young man. Uh, we're going to get to one more here, Bills, but Joe, if I got you here from the Draft Network, my Browns listeners, I want just a question or two here on the 20 class, but we'll get to that in a second. Joe, right now it's 6-2, and two, and you look at this AFC. Joe, you feeling confident that you know there's going to be some January locked-on Bills shows where you're actually talking about a game week? Uh, you know, Jeff, if, if the last 20 years of following and covering the Bills have taught me anything, it's that the word playoffs and confidence and the Bills in the same sentence is not something we're very familiar with, right? The only playoff berth since uh, 2000 was in 2017. The Bills went 9-7 and seven and backdoored into the playoffs and ended that 17-year drought, and they missed it last year. So what, I guess it's uh, 17 of the last 18 years they have not made the playoffs. Now, 6-2 and two is a hell of a start to the season, and They've got a lot of winnable games, right? You look at this one against Cleveland, Miami, Denver. That's the next three games. you got the season you close with the Jets. I feel like that's a very winnable game. And then you have this sandwich of games at Dallas on Thanksgiving, back home against the Ravens, then at Pittsburgh, at New England. That's going to be the defining stretch. Because if you have a hiccup in the four games I mentioned, Browns, Dolphins, Broncos, Jets, if you have a hiccup there and you don't win all of those games, you're probably going to need to win at least one, maybe two of those games against tougher opponents to get there. Um, they're in good position. I think the the, the analytics all, all speak very favorably to the Bills' chances of making the postseason. But I'll tell you, until I see the words clinched next to the Bills' name, I think I'm going to hold off on the word confident. Um, and anybody who knows Joe Marino and I, there would never be a podcast without a dog <laughs> – Making your fault this yes, time. Yes, actually, Jeff. it is not Nacho this time. That would be actually my my pitbull Murphy on his eighth birthday. Um, <laughs> I hope the kids will get him quiet. Oh, All good. Yeah. All Always good, a brother. trip. Um, so, Joe, just before actually we start to put a wrap to this here. Um, look, um, it, it's prime what the Browns' needs are. It is left tackle. It is probably right tackle. 
it is safety. Give us a, us a couple of names here, you know, to watch through the rest of this college football season. Well, if they're picking in the top 10, which is where they're headed, you know, you look at Andrew Thomas from Georgia as an offensive tackle, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa as a right tackle, both top 10 caliber talents. And then keep an eye on Jedrick Wills. He plays right tackle for Alabama. I think he's an ascending prospect that could certainly be worth that range. Uh, that's who I'd have an eye on there at safety. I mean, Grant Delpit from LSU is is really he checks every box except for consistency tackling. We've seen players get better at that, so I'm not writing them off. Uh, Xavier McKinney from Alabama is a, is a really exciting safety prospect. Uh, you've, I mean, you've got guys like Hamza Nasser Dean from Florida State, and I think he's kind of a hybrid player. Uh, you could play him in a Malcolm Jenkins type role, and I think you can have a really exciting playmaker maybe in the second round. Ashton Davis from Cal, if you're looking for that deep single high guy that'll hit a little bit and play good uh, man-to-man coverage when you're asking him to do that as well. So I, I, I don't love the safety class this year. If you want to get somebody I think can help you, I think you need to do that in the top two rounds. But, you know, offensive tackle, I think there's going to be someone definitely worth the pick there in the first round. And, you know, go help your franchise quarterback, Baker Mayfield, with, uh, with protection. Because I know a lot of the guys they brought in this year came at the expense of being able to fortify that O-line. And yep. uh, that give and take can't happen again next year. No, and they're trying to go the – you know, the cheaper route at some of these positions. Um, and I'm not sure where they're at with JC Treader, but that kind of needs to continue. Um, you know, work, you know, inside good, work your way out. And obviously with a six foot quarterback, you want that interior fortified, but find a way to maybe save some money and some length on some contracts on the outside. Um, for all you Bills folks coming out to Cleveland, have a blast. The, the uh, tailgazing and that stuff will be fantastic. I'm not sure on the whole table situation how any of that works out <laughs> here. But, guys, please be careful. Um, you know, the Browns fans like to drink and eat. Um, we watch the Bills fans. Yikes. I mean, guys, nobody get hurt. No, no ER visits. Um, I'm sure that hospital uh, in Cleveland gets a little bit backed up. But it's been an absolute pleasure sitting down here with you, Joe. You know that. Um, congratulations to you on everything, obviously, personally and professionally. You guys at the Draft Network just continue to slay it, put it out, continue just constant effort content it's a pleasure to see and obviously you know you and all the guys over there you know we've been close for years and it's just great to see what's going on for you guys all because you always put in the work it's always nice to see guys like you guys you all get the rewards appreciate you jeff man appreciate those words and uh enjoyed this discussion and uh we'll enjoy the football game on sunday